The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. As a special thanks to all of our patrons, we are giving away one item from the Professional Casual Network store at teespring.com slash stores slash professional casual. All you have to do to enter is be a patron. That can be as little as a dollar a month, and every month we will give away an item of your choice from the store. Follow us at patreon.com slash professional casual. Hey there, and welcome to episode two of The Space Between Presents Shake Machine is Down. I'm your host, Danny, and joining me are our executive producer and the Royale with Cheese, Tim France. Hello. We've also got Miss Shamrock Shake herself, Sarah Burns. My favorite. Yeah. And 20-piece McNugget for $5, Big Chuck. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. Bring the thunder. I like that you have the the most high-energy intro, but you you said very little last episode. <laughs> oh, I... You didn't want to overshadow us. You yeah. got to understand. Okay. When you're I, as high-octane as Chuck, Big Chuck. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Also, I mean, I couldn't get a word in edgewise with you guys. So. That's true. <laughs> easier on my own show when I can shock him to shut him up. Like I, I just like I sit there with a little like shock collar. Mm. Yeah, so if he starts talking too much, I just yeah. beep beep. Just a little, okay. A lot easier to get glizzies in your mouth <laughs> than it is it's to true. get a word in. Speaking of going in your mouth, your 20-piece McNugget for $5, what sauce do you get with those? Oh, buffalo. Without question. Okay. It's, always, it's always buffalo. See, I'm, I'm more of a uh, barbecue. Okay, okay. McDonald's what, has zero good sauces. You have to go with the barbecue because it's the most palatable. No, okay, first off, their barbecue is disgusting. It's the worst. It's Kettleman's, but, like, if Kettleman's took a shit and then pissed on it and then re, uh, f- like, packaged it up much like uh, 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 Denny's uh, Slam Burger. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's not good. Their buffalo is is palatable. Like, it's, it's actually really good. If we could still get the Szechuan sauce, that would be my go-to every yeah, time. Yeah, that's fair. Because it is a, not because Rick and Morty brought it back and everybody thinks that that show is the greatest thing on earth, but because it actually was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. It was a really good sauce. It was also based off of Mulan, which is my favorite Disney movie that I've never seen. That's fair. All right. Actually, All right. I love, cool. I love Mulan. It's a great movie. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming at you right now to talk about episode two from McMillions, that um, docu-series on HBO right now about the McDonald's and Monopoly Scandal. It's a six-part series, so stick with us because we'll be doing six episodes about it. Four more. Four more. Math. Yeah. Four, Four episodes more. enter. One episode leaves. I, right? No. Yeah. Sure. One of That's us. Your show. One <laughs> of us. <laughs> yes. So let's get into this episode two. It's back to me. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, I'm adequate. You did a great Yay. job. Okay. Thank you. Um. So, episode two opens with uh, Ronald McDonald. Wait, sorry. Yeah? Was it six million or one million? I thought it was six. I thought it was one, but I want to just recap where we left off. Yeah, it must be one million because six seems way too high. Yeah. Okay. So, just a reminder, from the end of episode one, we found out that, you know, Mike Hoover is calling this AJ guy who's calling somebody else. The FBI is tapping their phones. They're all calling someone named Jerome Jacobson goes by Jerry and he's the head of Simon marketing, which is in charge of McDonald's monopoly game and various other um, 
advertising things that they do. So that's where we left off that bombshell episode one. So now we're going to get into where this ends up with episode two. Yes. Yeah. So episode two, we open with Ronald McDonald dancing around Simon Marketing. Always hated that guy. Oh my God. I hate clowns and he's super fucking creepy. Yeah. And why do they do white makeup? Because your teeth always look orange. Yes. And then it's stupid. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. God, I hate him. I know. Coming in hot with this episode. Whew. Don't like you it. You ever see the cartoon? No. There's a, there was a cartoon that got released. Mick Kids? Uh, maybe. Or is that the Nintendo game? That was, that might've been the Nintendo game. Uh, I remember it specifically because it had the same exact art style as the wild thornberries oh. when it was released. Okay. <sighs> I love yeah. the wild thornberries. Yeah. Uh, like even like the weird, like kind of like swoop back, even the of, tiny eyes. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It was like, it was almost identical. I, I only remember bits and pieces Classy of it. Scoopo. Cause they did Rugrats, wild mm-hmm. thornberries and a couple others. Yeah. And I'm, and I don't even know if it was on for a full season. But it was like a thing. Interesting. And they went on Ronald McDonald Adventures. Mm-mm. What it was called. Gross. All right. Well, you're looking that up. That I'm gonna sounds keep going. terrible. So uh, someone anonymously uh, donated $1 million to St. Jude's, um, which is really lovely. They like send yeah. the game piece, right? Yeah. Is that to what St. it was? Jude's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They send the like million dollar. Well, the Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald. It yeah. aired in 1998. I'm good. I don't need to see that. No. Hard pass. Yeah. Oh, my God. It mm-hmm. was on from 1998 to 2003. Really? Only Way had, Only had six episodes, though. Oh. oh. Shit. Okay. It's weird. All right. Our yearly And it was a musical. No. It's sounds classified like, as a musical. Sounds like something that was on that, like, TV at the doctor's office that played, like, just little. <laughs> yeah. over over yeah. You're going to yeah. get your teeth or cleaned. More like a yearly like promotion, like yeah. we need yeah. to promote kids toys and happy meals. So we're going to drop our like one hour movie on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. And we'll do that for six episodes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I was yawning. I needed a spacer there. If you'd like to hear us scream, uh, move it on, <laughs> moving on, head over to elite Eight showdown. We scream it all the time. How dare you plug in the middle of my my show? I will plug you as much. Wait, no. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's pronounced peg. That's actually true. Okay. Are we good? Are we done? <laughs> We're sorry. No, it's okay. That was a mom voice, wasn't it? Are you done? It was. I okay. Expected like, my middle name to come out. Yeah. Girl. Okay. So someone anonymous, anonymous, you see, now I can't get my shit together. Hip-hop anonymous. Uh, hip-hop-anonymous. <laughs> a hippopotamus sent in the winning game piece. Yes. To St. Jude's. Yes. Yeah. I, we hate Ronald McDonald. We've all decided that. So down there, like, well, who, who would have decided to give a million dollars and not get recognition? Uh, someone who stole the game piece. That's who. So, um, that's my hot take from 2001. Uh (laughs) So then after this opening scene where they're like, uh, faith in humanity restored. This is such a lovely gift. Blah, blah, blah. Um, we meet the, we meet Marvin Braun, Marvin Braun. Okay. I want to try that again. So then we meet Marvin Braun, who is the stepbrother of, of Jerome, uh, aka Jerry Jacobson, yes. and I don't know. He seems like kind of cute 
cute little guy. Like I, I was like, all right. He, he does weird shit with his face. Yeah. He gives to me a lot of like nervous ticks. Like he yeah. knows he is insanely guilty of something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he is trying to skirt around it a little bit while giving just enough information so he can feel like he was honest. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at one point he's like, I'm not giving names. I'm going to yeah. tell you everything that happened except for the one detail you desperately need. <laughs> so um, he talked about kind of growing up with Jerry. Um, I'm going to call him Jerry J for now. JJ. JJ. Jingleheimer Schmidt. Okay, His we'll name call him is JJ. A bunch of other people's names too. Especially in this series. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, all right. Oh, people yeah. are always shouting. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he talks about JJ kind of growing up together, kind of unremarkable childhood. Doesn't really go into any incredible detail. Yeah. Um, kind of talks about kind of he kind of worms his way around being kind of connected to the the fraud of the game pieces. He like got a game piece. He said he was, you know, he claimed that JJ was security, didn't actually procure these game pieces. It was just kind of this someone else. He, yeah. he never uses the word steal. Yes. Right. He's never like, you know, he stole them. He's like, oh, well, he said he like. Acquired. Acquired it. Yeah. Or got it. Yeah. So it's it's kind of this weird kind of thing. So then we actually get into who Jerry Jacobson is or JJ. He was a cop, really loved being a cop. Then his health started to decline. Mm-hmm. He's unfortunately um, diagnosed with Guillain-Barre disease, which is essentially MS. Um, pretty devastating. You can't really be a cop that after that. chef? Guillain-Barre? Guillain-Barre? Uh I don't know. I think so. No, you're thinking of Fozzie Bear. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. And he's an incredible chef. He yes. he studied under um Swedish chef. Yeah. Um chef. he actually the really cool thing about Fozzie Bear as a cook um is he does a traditional Chinese style in a waka waka. Oh fuck, no. I saw that coming too, and I was so excited for it. <sighs> I didn't and I should have. Okay. That should stay in. Um <laughs> The littlest class. Oh, I love it. So we also get to meet um, Jerry's wife, JJ. Uh, her name is Marsha. She has a different last name. I didn't catch the last name. I didn't either. Um, yeah. Because they eventually got divorced, which isn't, I. it's not really a spoiler. Um, so we never actually meet JJ in this episode, but we meet everyone around him, yeah. which leads me to believe that something happened to him. Yep. I don't. Agreed. I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't I know. Don't know. Yeah. I I really haven't watched any more episodes. Do you want to know? No. He, okay. <laughs> no. It's not real. He's the envisionment of an autistic girl staring into a snow globe. Okay. Stop it. That coat. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I mean. Stop it. Where is that from? Isn't that from something? Seen elsewhere. Seen elsewhere. Oh, okay. Man, we reference that a lot. <laughs> On Elite Eight Showdown. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so we don't really meet him. Actually, we don't meet him at all. He has Guillain-Barre syndrome. He has to leave the police force. That has to be devastating. Yeah, having totally. a job like that. Especially- Being a police officer is definitely a choice, and it's something you really, really want to do usually. And if you can't be that anymore, it's got to be really hard. Well, and that's really the only memory of that Marvin says about him is he's like, well, he's always wanted to be an FBI agent. That's the only thing he's ever wanted to do. He wants yeah. to be in law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. So he moves to Atlanta. Him and Marsha moved to Atlanta um, to be around a good doctor who could treat his Guillain-Barre syndrome. 
Um, I should just probably just call, sorry. I should just start calling it MS at this point. Cause I mean, Guillaume Bear. I Jerry figured does. it out. The episode of King of the Hill where they go to visit Dotreves and Guillaume. Mm. Oh God, my nipples are so tingly right now. I, I finally that. remembered what that <laughs> reference is from. Oh, Guillaume. Guillaume Bear. Oh, there we go. Uh, I feel so much better now. It's been driving me nuts. Just rub those nips, man. Yeah, just whoo. <laughs> I have overly sensitive nipples. This man. <laughs> Over at Elite Eight Showdown, you'll find out about my nipples. <sighs> <laughs> so, all right, let me recover for a second. <sighs> Much like my nipples don't have to, because I have no nipple sensation, which you'll also find out on Elite Eight Showdown. I definitely thought you were going to say you don't have nipples. I was like, wait, what? No, no, it's just, it's, it's just well documented that I have overly sensitive nipples while he has no sensitivity in his None. nipples. I just thought that was a regular thing. I thought boys just didn't have <laughs> nipple sensation. Yeah. They're hmm. just dead. Yeah. No. Hmm. You know? Episode three. <laughs> All right. So we... <laughs> so we... <laughs> Right. Just think about like nipples. Um, nipples. Yeah, let me start again. Hariola. <laughs> Fuck you, Tim. Let me just get through this part. <laughs> You're a Hariola. Um, <laughs> I mean, my okay. nipples might not be sensitive, but I am. <laughs> so we, we, we set that all up. We'll come back to Jerry and his wife in a minute. Um, so now we're going back to the FBI. And the FBI didn't really understand how much work goes into doing this promotion. And like in my notes I have, I'm like, yeah, it's hard work doing this shit. <laughs> it's like oh, coming up with promotions, coming up with collateral, making sure it all looks consistent, doing all the security. Cause like, yeah, this is a huge deal. This is millions of dollars. Yeah. In the opening scene or in the opening credits, there is an offset printer and people putting ink on the offset printer. And I was like, why are they showing that? That's a very specific thing that I don't know if you guys caught. Um, I just love printers. Okay. There's two different types of printing. We do digital printing at work because it is slower. We don't really need as many copies. Offset printing is super fast. You can get millions of pieces off. Just get them off. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you can print out millions of pieces at once. So um, offset printing is when you actually put physical ink on a plate that has an imprint on it and that you go through the what we call it um cmyk which is cyan magenta yellow and black for some reason k is black i don't know why <laughs> a lot of the times companies will use um will use special inks that are mixed together and it's like really expensive it's called spot i won't get into that part i was like trying to figure out okay i was like so they're printing off the pieces and there's this offset printer and I'm like, how are they fixing that? And how are they kind of putting it all together? I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just wanted to talk about printers. So very specifically, <laughs> they would most likely use a plate printer in doing specific game pieces. Yeah. Because you can tell when you get the piece off, it's it's laid on. It's mm -hmm. not inkjetted or I don't know. Digital printing. Or yeah. digital printed. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like that was going to come back. And I feel like it kind of did when they talked about um, how much security goes into um, putting this game on. Like, so they talked about ditters, ditters, <laughs> ditters. Did, did what? Huh? What's the name of the printer? 
Oh, the printing company? Dittler Brothers? Dittler Brothers, yeah. It was like a secure, private, like, Simon yeah. Marketing didn't even print the game pieces themselves. They outsourced it. Not you would have, so we outsource as well okay. as a marketing group. So that's right. really normal. Yeah. But it's not normal to have that level of security right. at a marketing and or that, at a printer. And that was the thing. They picked them because Dittler Brothers does like lottery tickets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So which is really specialized. Yeah. Yeah. There's foil prints and all this other kind of stuff that goes into it. Um, And just the whole, like they were talking about how the game pieces went from like Dittler brothers to wherever it would have to go. And like, they would put the game pieces onto a truck and they would mm -hmm. close the truck up and then they would like tape it and sign it. And the truck would drive to whatever city it was going to. And then, the people working security would fly to that city and meet the truck there and break the seal. So yeah. that everything was like, kosher. it was above kind of, and beyond. It really reminded me of like um, evidence collection for a crime scene where mm -hmm. you've got to like sign mm -hmm. it and you make sure that the seal's not broken um, and stuff like that. It was just like crazy high level security for this stuff. So it's not like, you know, someone went and like, just like stole a sheet of game pieces, like off the top. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I the good ones were on the top of the printer you and know, then someone like, just left them know. there. Cause you, and, and I don't think people understand like you, you as a marketing group and you as a, the printer have to come together and like really think about the steps going through, like how this promotion is going to work what the security is going to be like, how are you going to do this part? So like props to them. That's like a ton of work that maybe they didn't need to do, but felt that they should do. So mm -hmm. good for them. Um, so what's interesting about it is that, Jerry J's, Jerry J's, James, James, Jimmy Jams, uh, wife happened to work at Diddler Diddlers. Is it Diddlers? Diddler brother. It turns out JJ's wife worked at the printers. Yeah, that's a crazy connection. Yeah. I was like, hmm. So she was also in law enforcement, right? I know she was in security at the yeah. printers. Yeah. And when yeah. he got the MS and mm -hmm. lost his job when he wanted to go back to work, she effectively just handed him the job. Yeah. Which is like, right. all right. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. But it really didn't seem like, and she kind of said later, she really was not a part of it at all. And so, at least yeah, in this episode. Seems like something that people would get divorced over. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, didn't she didn't know about it until after they got divorced, right? And she was like, well. Allegedly. I never, Allegedly. She's like, I never got a winning game piece. Yeah. So. <sighs> Plausible deniability. Yeah. Mm. All right. See, I was just thinking at face value. Oh, Chuck, what do you think? I mean, I think she, I think she knew that it was happening, but same thing, plausible deniability. All right. It's kind of. Especially when you find out how much money Jerry was getting for each of the winning game pieces. Like, it's like, oh, wow, you've got 50K all of a sudden. That's, that's interesting. But he's so generous. He always brings ribs. Right. He won't make ribs for just himself. So He'll I, only make ribs for right? everybody. I, it was like, I thoroughly appreciated the random like, yeah. act of kindness with ribs. Well, and that's, that, should be, that should be the nail in the coffin. Right. If you make ribs for yourself, that's like, what, 10 bucks? If you make ribs for the entire office, oh, that's a lot. You're pumping out ribs. like 150 bucks. Yeah. That's a lot of ribs. I mean, like, in 2001 money. Right. right. I mean, we're talking like if we're talking like 2020 money, it's like ribs, 16 grand. Yeah, it's ridiculously expensive. <laughs> ribs are astronomically out of like priced right now mm -hmm. in general. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, um, I didn't I'll be honest. I didn't trust her. 
Like I know, like she was just kind of sitting there, just kind of like. Yeah, she wasn't like a prone position. I mean, she looked like a human thumb the majority of the entire show. (laughs) Uh, But there was just something about her. I was just like, no, I think she knew a lot of things were going on that she doesn't even to this day is not going to admit. Okay, I I don't. I genuinely did not get that impression. I I very. I didn't either, but the more we talk about it, the more it seems like yeah. she had there. to know. Like, they it's had an amicable so... breakup. They don't yeah. talk about why they got divorced. He kept coming back around and helping her fix stuff and doing stuff for her, probably because she did, in fact, know. Mm-hmm. Not because he's a good guy. Right. Despite the ribs. Right. I mean, and they're they're good ribs. Apparently. Apparently, Everybody yeah. raved about them. Yeah. Now I, mean, I want ribs. Are all, but as, a, as a chef. And when the ribs fall are off, good. Fall off the bone ribs aren't real ribs. They're overcooked. Oh, yeah, he's right. No, he's right. Okay. If 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 the bone, if the there has to be a slight pull, there has to be a slight pull from it. But if you go to if you take that rib and it detaches, that bone detaches. You've overcooked it. It's garbage. Throw it away. Okay. It's still really good, but it's just because you fucking sugared it up and blasted it with some fucking delicious sauce. Okay. But then it's nearly invulnerable. Guess you always blasted. Um. Also, if he's getting 50 grand for a game piece, he can afford to get the ribs to share with the office. Okay. Done with our rib theories. We can move on. Okay. Turns out there's another Jerry. What? Um, he's introduced by hamming it up on a commercial for winning a Dodge Viper. Supposedly yeah. winning a Dodge Viper. Turns out he is Jerry Colombo, part of the um Colombo crime family. Yep. Um don't know. I honestly don't know much about the Columbos. Um, do you guys know? He was Only a detective. <laughs> oh yeah, different Columbo. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Those are the Ohio Columbos. Oh, about, yeah. it's okay. where Sofia Vergara is from. Yes, it is. Columbia. Oh, Columbo. It's where that school shooting was. No, I only know what they kind of like showcased in that reel of like the Columbo. They discovered yes, America. Same. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have Columbo Day. <laughs> Columbus was a piece of shit. All right, anyway. The elephant with really big ears? Dumbo. Dumbo. Okay, it took me a second. I was like, there's no C yeah, in Dumbo. I'm, I'm, oh, right. I'm reaching now. Okay. So, <laughs> so they interview a few people. They interview, what is his brother? Yeah. Yeah, his brother. Frank. I didn't, yeah, Frank. The I biggest didn't really, rat in the world. I know. I was like, Frank, shut up. So here's what my brother did. Yeah, like... It baffles me if you are part of a crime family and you are just so comfortable about talking about like what your brother did. How have you not? How are you not dead? Like, how are you flat out not dead? Yeah, Yeah. I yeah, I guess I just there's there's a lot of bragging and and you'll see too. um, uh, Jerry Colombo's wife, Robin Colombo, also seems to be a little braggy. Yeah, about certain oh, yeah. things, and I'm yeah. I'm surprised at the level of c- candor. Well, but about her gray M M&M and M to go that we were talking about. <laughs> yes, Wait, all of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Wait, what? The gray M M&M. and M. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She was yeah. flicking that gray M M&M and M in the middle of the night when she was up and needed something sweet, and they're out of Reese's pieces. <sighs> that's right. I kind of blocked that one out. Okay, <laughs> just flicking that M M&M and M around. But I w- I will say he's also fucking smart. Like super smart mm-hmm. because Frank he or Jerry, uh, uh, the, the rat, the rat, Frank, Frank, he's super smart 
because he's now divulged so much information. He's told so many people at this point, because you, you know, it's not just this documentary. He's going around telling the neighbors and he's going, you know, like dropping it at barbecues, probably where the ribs are like in just gentle conversation yeah. to the point where if he goes disappearing, everybody knows who did it. Yeah. Like, he, but they okay. don't care. They're like, well, yeah, Frankie literally comes over here all the time. and yeah. just says all the illegal shit we're doing. Yeah. To everybody. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. On camera. On camera. And his wife, the entire time that he's talking, she just has this like shocked expression. Like her eyebrows are raised and like. And, you know, he's the type of dude that like oh. prepped her. Yeah. Before this, too, he's like, all right, well, we can't say this. We can't say that. Yeah. We can't give any of his family secrets away. And she's just sitting there being watching him divulge fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm that's why I'm kind of surprised that you would agree to do an interview in the first place. Right. Like, why? Right. Why even do that? Because why put he, yourself in that he's position? He's got a little brother syndrome. He just yeah. wants. Yes, he, he does. just wants to be part of the part of the fun and get the attention. And he just is not getting it. He just doesn't get it from the family. All right. That's why he wants to be like, well, I'll, I'll be a part of it one way or another. He has a smaller couch. He leaves it at his brother's house. His brother and his wife just bang on it. You know, <laughs> he's just that little brother that just wants to be so cool. And he's like, well, my big brother this and he has a car, but it's he's too big for it. Why don't you let me borrow that car? You know? All right. <laughs> it's funny, though, because Frank mentions, you know, like the crime family. It's nothing like the movies. But oh, but yeah, his brother's like a mix between Joe Pesci and Al Pacino or his Hated brother's that. a mix between Rodney Dangerfield and some fucking buddy else. Yeah, that that stereotype just and annoys it's funny me because his wife's reaction to both of those times was exactly the same. And they, they cut it so well because he does the one analogy and then they go to literally a one month later and he gives another completely separate yep. analogy. Yep. Um, and she's just like, yeah, and, pretty much. And both times he's like, that's a good analogy, right? Right? Yep. Did I do good? Yep. I need affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also love that they're like, yeah, we're a big Sicilian family. Cut to, ma, dog's in the kitchen. Get that dog. <laughs> like, I just like, Ma! ma! <laughs> My favorite. Yeah, my favorite I just. Hey, Ma! Hey, Ma! I know. Family first. There's always. a weird cat outside. <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> oh, that cat is weird looking, though, for sure. Cat. Oh, my God. Ma! I love it. Okay. So, this is where in the documentary I got a little confused because I was trying to write notes and watch the same time. So. Now we have Uncle Dominic coming in, and that is Jerry's uncle. Yeah, so Uncle Dominic was an actual. So effectively, kind of what they allude to is that. Um, is it Frank? No, Jerry. Why do I keep wanting to call him Frank? Oh. Jerry Colombo is kind of like small city rural mob mm -hmm. boss, uh, like not even a mob boss, just. And he's in the mob. He knows people in the city. A mob manager. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Middleman. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. MM. Assistant to the regional boss. Okay. Um, branch, branch mob manager. Yeah. Well, Uncle Don is is the real the real yeah. deal in gotcha. the city. Okay, that's and, what I thought. I wasn't. Yeah. And with like this group, and like I don't want to say like Italian culture necessarily, but Uncle. Like the title of uncle doesn't necessarily denote an actual familial relationship. Yeah, it's a sign of respect. You know, kind of like Uncle Chet. Not really an uncle. Okay. It's from a grim podcast. Oh, Avengers. okay. Sorry. So Jerry C. Colombo mm -hmm. wants to get into the big times. 
and ask for Dominic for help. I'm very much paraphrasing here. <laughs> well, effectively, Dominic because, ends up dying, right? Well, as mob bosses do. Yep. Yep. Because um, they're people. Dominic, uh, Uncle Dom really <laughs> <What>? liked. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dom really liked uh, Jerry mm. like a lot because he was full blooded Sicilian and. He looked like Rodney Dangerfield and slash Al Pacino. So you got to give analogy. him a break. Yeah. I mean, okay, this part was pretty much lost to me. At, the, at this point, Dominic passes away. And that's when Jerry and Jerry Jacobson hook up. How do they hook up? I miss that part. So in criminal culture, generally, if someone's running a scam, like, say, like a double rook, mm-hmm. um, what will happen is as you're looking for more marks to be able to further uh, kind of your pyramid scheme of, of criminality, mm-hmm. um, you need to bring new people in often. So you'll have recruiters, as we'll find out, like A.J. Comez. Um, and normally a criminal organization will get a wind of somebody recruiting people to do fraud. Gotcha. Okay. So they got hooked up. Someone told Jerry that, you know, hey, this guy's running this, uh, this scam. You should probably get in on it. And then you have stands, and stands are just really excited to be there. Yes, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good to know. Okay. So then AJ, yeah, AJ Clum. So you have Columbo and Clum and two Jerry's. It's very confusing. Well, AJ's also a Clum. Or a, a, <laughs> AJ's also a Jerry. He's also he a Clum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a Clum is, but we're going to find out. Name your kid something else. Fuck. I know. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Ma. Fuck me, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point, like, I. I, I'm giving this as an example to feel like how cavalier they've gotten about this whole fraud, especially spanning, you know, what, 12 years. Yeah. Um, uh, Jerry C or Columbo had a stepdaughter and he's like, I'm just going to give you a million dollars on your 18th birthday, which really was like. Because you have a different last name. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you have a different last name. So it's like, I, th- I would never tell a child that that's what I'm going mm-hmm. to do. So I feel like that's when it was like, ah, I can just do whatever the fuck I want because I'm. Because I'm infallible at this point. Right. Well, and they set it up that he was constantly like winning stuff. He was working at the casino and always was winning mm-hmm. there and had a gray M&M and had all of this other stuff. He was just that guy that would rig contests. Yep. Yeah. And so Robin at one point, Robin Colombo, um, kind of bragged that was like, oh, this is a huge enterprise. Not all the mob families like this is one of the biggest money makers. And I was like, I don't. I have no idea if that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Auto and gambling is normally because it's very easy to conceal uh, money laundering in them. All right. Cool. Yeah. She seemed to go on a lot about just kind of the crime family and her backstory of, of, you know, was her dad a police officer? In the army or the military. Yeah. Yeah. Some some type of uniformed job. And she like talks about when she and Jerry Colombo got married, like her dad was not happy about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they couldn't have the big fancy Catholic wedding. Cause like they show photos and it's like, they, they had their reception at like, uh, an American Legion. Yeah. Or something. Right. Yeah. Something like that with like the wood paneling and shit with the like Italian flag in the background and then the Italian colored balloons and whatever. And she was like, yeah, it wasn't a big fancy wedding cause I was pregnant. So yeah. no Catholic wedding. And I was like, oh shit. Interesting. Okay. I don't know what the Catholic Church would do today. I feel like they'd be like, "Man, no one's coming around. Just get married here." Right, yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm sure it varies. 
yeah. priest to priest. But. Yeah. Um, so now that we have their backstory, let's see where we are. So now we head back to the FBI and Doug's just working his magic, trying to get more stuff out of the investigation. How undercover. can we get more, undercover. <laughs> more undercover? <laughs> so he brings up the idea of bringing all of the winners to one place, Las Vegas, because like, apparently no one can uh, resist a free trip to Las Vegas. Have you ever been to Vegas? I've never been to Vegas. Ooh. Girl, let me uh, tell you about fucking Vegas. Okay, right? do they've it. got the best buffets Buffet. on the planet? I, I would they've love got to the do that. Best entertainment on the planet, mm-hmm. and you can literally see the world on one street without ever having to leave the United States of America. Vegas is the greatest place in the world. And they yeah. don't have open Plus, container laws. So oh, they do. Around. They don't. So they you can don't. walk around with your. You can just get smashed. Oh. They're also pretty loose with the cocaine. So like you can okay. have a ton of fun and get super wild. If you go like maybe two blocks in any direction from like the main strip, mm-hmm. you're going to get stabbed. But other than that, it is a great fucking time. Yeah. I'm you not trying to yuck anyone's yum on Las wild. Vegas. You know, I, I actually legitimately want to go. It's not somewhere I would really make plans while oh, spend a lot of money do stuff you, you know? should do all of those things make plans spend literally your life savings uh see the blue man group okay see i've the seen blue the blue man group they Brit- came to utica britney's still oh, yeah. there yeah so you can go see britney yeah oh, she's being held britney. captive i don't Hashtag know if they followed i don't know yeah, yeah we gotta that. we gotta talk about britney sometime yeah well for sure i wasn't sure if she was i thought she was still performing she is, is she? but she's yeah. being kept in her home during quarantine against her will. Right, because of because of her father and yeah, the, the guardianship legal or whatever guardianship thing. Crazy, right. which but. is understandable. But she can still perform, so I don't know why she's bitching. Hot as fuck. So, back to Vegas. Apparently, yeah. it's God's gift to this earth, and Everybody everyone wants Vegas. to go. So Doug comes up with the crazy idea of getting all the winners. To come to Vegas and then just arrest them all. He's just like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna arrest them all. Yeah. And I was like, they're like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. And we have no money, right? Like we have budgets. Yeah, who's gonna pay for this? Yeah, I do love the prosecutor's uh, thing at this point where he's talking about it was like, we, we, there's no budget for that. We can't do that, but we can just lie to them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. <laughs> We I could love tell that. Tell them we're gonna go to Vegas. Yeah, we could just tell them, and then we can just do whatever we want. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry about it. Yep. And that's like I never, that never occurred to me that you could just lie about that. Right. Well, it's like, duh. Of course you can. So, are you a cop? No, no. You got to tell me, right? Well, yeah, I would if I was a cop for sure. So at this point, they're like, all right. Well, I guess we're just gonna lie to everyone. So they bring back our girl, Amy Murray. Yeah. And start making phone calls to winners. Um, asking if they would be willing to be taped um, for a chance to go to Vegas. So that way that they can't guarantee that you're going to go because obviously no one's going. But it's like if you want to go to Vegas, you have to do this Mm -hmm. interview. Yeah. Yeah. So they got one guy. I didn't catch his name. I don't think they really said his name. Oh, the old guy. Yeah. The older guy. Hang on. Um, While you're looking that up, they got him to do essentially a taped confession <laughs> i would say well doug was doing the tape confession William the guy Fisher. they got in was just pretending to be the lighting guy or something like that wasn't he yeah i'm talking about the contestant himself like oh. the, the person yeah, the, the winner 
Quote the unquote. first guy is his name's William Fisher. Sweaty okay. ball boy. This yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. This guy also Sweat sweating sticky. bullets during this entire interview, stumbling over words, can't remember any details, clearly trying to make up the story as he goes along. And it was a work day. About- there wasn't a lot of work. Wait, it was a Sunday. That's why there was no work. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And they talk about how, like, if you won a million dollars out of the blue, you would remember so much of that day. And it wouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, it would be like. And then I, I found the game keys and fuck, I have a million dollars now, you know? Yeah. yeah. He, this dude was just like, just could not keep his shit together. No. Back to the, the thing that we had discussed in the first episode, too, where Doug really lays heavily into asking them additional qualifying questions. They really lay into him in this one. They're like, yeah. has anyone else in your family ever won anything yeah. like this? Yep. Well, no. Well, nothing at all. They've never won anything. No one you can think of. Yeah. What lawyer did you go see? Was it the one over here? Was it in this town? Was it over here? And he just fucking stumbles through every single one of them. And he talks about how, like, he knew his legal rights as a winner and, like, he had the right to stay anonymous or whatever. And it's like, why on earth? If I won, legitimately found a game piece and won, like, my first thought wouldn't be... Well, I'd better find a lawyer to. Yeah, you that's, should though. Lawyer yeah, and financial advisor. That is but really like, true. Yeah, I was gonna say my financial advisor would probably quickly tell me to get a lawyer, but that wouldn't be my first thought. Right. Yeah. It's buy an RV. Yeah. Burn down the DMV. Burn down the DMV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pay off student loans. Call JG Wentworth eight seven seven cash now. It's my money. And I need it now. Yeah. <laughs> I, want I that hate that commercial song. so much. Okay. Okay. So after they essentially get this confession out of this guy, the documentary jumps back to um, Marvin. um, If you don't remember, because I don't, was the stepbrother stepbrother, of of JJ. Yeah. You know, things. It seems things have kind of escalated at this point. JJ's still like, okay, you know, like I want to give you more things. I want you to do more things for me. Essentially, I feel like he's trying to recruit him into doing Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. Because at one point he talked about um, telling two two people in New York about it and getting them to do something. Yeah. And because he know. had a maternity shop. So he was going to yeah, New a York maternity to... shop. That seems so weird to me. Yeah. I don't I know. mean, just, I mean, think that this is 30 years ago. That's a true. specialty shop where you can't order things online or no one, you can't just, you know, it's true. Ride yeah, down fine. to the city to go to a maternity store. Mm-hmm. Um, and leggings weren't as hot now as they were back then. That is also It was true. very taboo to wear leggings. I remember that from high school. Our, Study hall monitor always wore leggings, and I was like, "Girl, no. Why are you doing that? You're like sixty. No. Gotcha. Okay. But Marvin sticks to the story the whole time. He yeah. didn't know that this was a scam. He didn't know he was stealing. He never recruited, and he was obviously recruiting. Was aware that they were being stolen, um, and just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. But I mean, it's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the best strategy would not to appear on a documentary, but you I know. Mean, the the dude that we were talking about before, sweating bullets boy, um, was literally like, I'm not gonna ever do a commercial. I'm not gonna talk to anyone. Oh, yeah, I'm not right. gonna do any interviews. And then they call him up for the Vegas trip, and he's like, Yeah, okay, come on over. And then they interview that guy's granddaughter, who's like, Yeah, I would, he would never do an interview. They're like, Are you aware that he did one? Have we disclosed the relationship between William Fisher? And the Columbo family. That's right. We don't. We haven't. And that's kind of critical, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's Robin's father, correct? Yes. Ah. It's Robin okay. Colombo's father. That's so right. when she's like, yeah, my dad wasn't really happy that we 
got married and then he gets a fucking million dollars out of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meh, meh, meh. Nope. You know, you're like, meh, fine. I, I can't say that I would be okay with my daughter marrying into a major crime family for a million dollars, but it wouldn't hurt. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, I don't know. She, right. know I mean, she ends up a widow, not dead herself. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. So, Very true. Uh, be, and a rich widow at that. A, a rich widow. You get a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Like you, connections, job, networking. Whether it be legal or not, I'm like, and I would honestly, I'd probably marry a big sweaty Italian uh, guy who smelled food. like salami if it meant that my you God know, damn could, that food. Yeah, oh. gall. Salami's delicious. Salami's I really love good. Like, Italian cured meats. Like for real, like I would probably marry into a crime family for the security, mm-hmm. especially in that day and age. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hot takes, y'all. Yeah. If you're a hot Italian crime uh, member, family, family member, uh, and you're single, slide in my DMs. You can email them at professionalcasual at gmail.com. Yeah, put, put title, put title line, I have salami. For Big Chuck. <laughs> For Big Chuck. Thank the, you. The professionalcasual at gmail.com. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's find so, Chuck so do, some love and yeah, find me a financial big, security. Yeah, find me a financially love. secured salami, please. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> All right. So we're back to Marvin. And apparently JJ gives him a million dollar winning ticket or t- I keep saying ticket game piece. And uh, he's like, no, this is when he decides to get a bunch of morals. <laughs> and he says he flushes it down the toilet because he doesn't want to be a part of this, even though he's clearly recruiting, clearly knew it was happening. And he took um, 25 grand before. Yeah. The 25 grand. Game so piece. I don't know why he again, why he decided that this was a good idea. He can flush it. You don't think he flushed it? I don't think it. he flushed it. Okay. I think he's the one that sent it into St. Jude. I don't think it was Jerry. Uh, no, because wow. then at the end it says, um, Uncle Jerry was the one that gave yeah, St. Jude's a million dollars. That's what the the FBI special authenticator guy said, but I don't believe it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, so then at the end, it turns out that JJ is now Uncle Jerry because that name was given to him by Jerry Colombo yes. as a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's pretty much where we end the episode. Um, so that differentiation between Jerry's. Yeah. So JJ is now Uncle Jerry. Jerry C is Jer- still Jerry Colombo. And I'm assuming we'll get more Jerry's or J names in the upcoming episodes. Jerry. Jerry's. So um, I, I, I will add. Did they only. I mean, I know they had other sweepstakes stuff. Like they had the Eminem and they had other Scrabble, Scrabble and stuff like that. But for McDonald's specifically, were they only passing out the million dollar thing or did they were only passing out the large cash prizes after testing it with Marvin with one of the smaller cash prizes? So they detail, I believe it was in this episode when they're going through the security of Dittler. Mm-hmm. That there was one guy who handled all of the free cheeseburger and free small fries and $25 and stuff like that. And then the there was a separate whole thing with authenticator double keys and nuclear lock codes for the high cash prizes. And right. the briefcase handcuffed to someone's wrist. And mm-hmm. it was like, what, like, do you think that was hyperbole? Do you think they that that looked like B roll? I know me? I've I've literally seen situations like that. Like they are literally handcuffed. Okay, to that's that briefcase, crazy, man. That, and that's a Halliburton briefcase. Like it's bulletproof. Like mm. 
They don't fuck around. All right. And it'll become actually insanely important later on that okay. that is, in fact, um, part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that it was Jerry's okay. job when he got hired to effectively, it wasn't his job, but he was so into that job that he would look over the shoulder of the people putting in the codes to put it in and be like, oh, I just memorized that. Fuck you. You're doing your job wrong. Do it again. Like he was yeah, I feel super like security he, guy. Well, definitely overzealous. I feel like to compensate for the fact that he was like buying everyone ribs. Yep. I still, <laughs> yes, I still yep. want to know how, how, how did they get I feel like we're going to find out. I mean, we will. It's a six part series, so yeah. they got to keep us. They got to keep us going. It's got to got to do something with that offset printer. I want to talk more about. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to printers. It's printers pretty boring ours. if you don't work with them. But if you do, cool. your dick is just hard the entire uh, time. Yes. Big old flap. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You got it. All right, well, that ends episode two of McMillions. Uh, shake machines down. <laughs> I have voice cracked. Shake machines down. Shake machines down. Have Go fun, team. y'all. Thanks for coming. Go check out Thanks. our Lady Showdown yeah. after this. Oh, Bye. my God. Grim Podcast of Rails Adventure. Uh, all Lost of you. Lost Podcast. Mm-mm. Stop that. Space between. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Why don't you go and check out all the other great shows that the Professional Casual Network has to offer, including season one of The Space Between Presents I Saw a Tiger, which follows the Netflix smash series Tiger King and details the acid-washed antics of Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, as well as others. This season, we're taking a deep, dark dive into the four-part Netflix docuseries Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Big Fiction Energy is our audio drama pod in which Tim, Danny, and myself tell the story of Lainey, the Girl Without Fear, a fantasy novel by Dan. A grim podcast of perilous adventure is the Professional Casual Network's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Actual Play podcast. We're playing through The Enemy Within, which is widely considered one of the best campaigns of any RPG. Join Dan as the GM as Danny, Tim, Alexander P. Nelson, and JB try to survive the perils of the old world. And if you needed more deep dives, also check out The Space Between, which is a discussion and review of the best games, comics, and nerd movies of today and yesteryear. We also have Elite Eight Showdown with high-octane host Big Chuck and his research team. Join him while he financially ruins his partner Tim and completes an eight-team tournament bracket that could be about anything and everything. Lastly, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, a totally real, totally fake advice show where we take questions and topics from you, our listeners, and do our best not to completely ruin your lives. Danny, where could people follow us or ask us questions for Professionally Asked, Casually Answered? I'm so glad you asked that, Tim. You can go ahead and email us questions. Our email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Instagram at theprofessionalcasual. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash professionalcasual. Twitter, we're at toptiercasual. Our website is theprofessionalcasual.com. On Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash professionalcasual. And you can also check out Lindsay's Instagram at lindsayfphotography, where you can check out all of her great photos of abandoned places and events. What are some other things that people could find on our Patreon, Danny? They can find Sarah's doodles. They can find different vlogs. They can find lots of polls. I know Big Chuck's got a ton of stuff up there. It's all just a wild time. Extra bonus content, all of those things.